This podcast is intended to uplift, inspire, and in some cases, educate you on how to create a life that feels good. I am not a health professional, and the information and advice shared on this show should not be taken in replacement for any information or direction given to you by a healthcare professional. If you or someone you know is struggling with your health or mental well-being, please reach out to a healthcare professional in your area. For more information and resources on mental health support, please visit laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash mental health or see the link in the show notes. Hi there, I'm Laura, a teacher turned creator, and this is Fill Up Your Cup, the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired, motivated, and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good. We're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, and growth together. Because together, And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. Today's episode of Philip Your Cup, I am sitting down with life coach Nando Rodriguez. Nando is a recognized magnetic breakthrough coach who helps his clients crush imposter syndrome and break through those repeated patterns of self-sabotage. He offers both mindset and tactical tools to gain immediate, measurable, sustainable, and repeated success. And his goal is to help all of his clients create their breakthroughs faster than he did. In this episode, Nando shares his personal journey and how he entered into the world of coaching. And we also take a deep dive on the topic of self-sabotage and how to recognize our self-sabotaging patterns and what we can do to support ourselves in moving through those. I'm super excited to dive into this topic of self-sabotage with Nando and to share our conversation with you all. So I hope you're going to enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed chatting to Nando about this topic and his work. If you want to find out more about Nando and his work or how to work with him as a lifestyle coach, you can find all of his information linked in the show notes. It's really lovely to have you, Nando, on the show to welcome you and introduce you to our Fill Up the Cup listeners. Um, I'm obviously super excited to have you on because I have been following you on Instagram for a while. I love your style of coaching. I love how you share about what you share. And I think it's a breath of fresh air in your niche, in your um kind of category of coaching as well, the approach that you have to it. Um, So I'm really excited to chat to you about that today and to dive into all things self-improvement, but also a little bit of that self-sabotaging and how we stop ourselves from getting to those goals. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I was so thrilled when you asked me. So I'm I'm all yours. I was I was so nervous asking you because there's something about like connecting with someone just on Instagram and then being like, hey, you want to come on my podcast? I'm always thinking that people are thinking I'm gonna be like I'm a weird internet stalker or something. So I was very excited when you were just as excited as I am. <laughs> oh my god, are you are you kidding me? I mean, it's like 
I've been following, I think, you know, I've been following your work for the longest time. And my page is practically a replica of your page. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, uh, when you reached out, I literally was like, uh oh, is she going to send her lawyers on me? Oh I've my had- God, absolutely not. No, because when you shared your my stuff and then I like went over to your page because I love seeing what other people are doing when they're sharing and I can see that it's a similar community I instantly fell in love with your vibe and your energy like especially through your reels and I love when they pop up on my feed as well because I think even when you're sharing about the personal development space a lot there is something about like either someone resharing your own words back to make you see the reminder that you needed but also connecting with that like similar mindset and that community that's supporting you on the same direction that you're going so Absolutely not yeah. going to be setting the lawyers on you. <laughs> hey, good, good, good. So you've kind of briefly introduced yourself. Um, let's start there. I would love for you to share with our listeners what is your passion work that you do. Um, and also, I love hearing people's personal stories. You kind of briefly mentioned it there, but I'd also love to know how you found your way to doing what it is you do now. Yeah, so I was working in corporate America um, for a very long time. And I, I took a chance on me and created a whole new position for myself, right? So I was a recruiter. And that's all I was doing, right? And I started using social media. And it was early 2006, 2007, when um, Twitter, right, Twitter had come onto the scene, and folks really didn't know how to use it. So by the time I got, you know, hired, at Ogilvy and Mather, which is one of the largest advertising agencies on the on the globe, they were like, we want you to help build our social media division. And we want you to be our social media recruiter. And at that time, I had a large following on Twitter, and on YouTube and all of that. So it made sense, right? But then eventually, I created this position called employer branding, where I wanted to go deeper and further into the brand of Ogilvy to recruit people. And I created this position. And about two years later, this company came, saw me at a presentation that I was giving. And they said, we want to, you know, you'll be working for us in about six months. And sure enough, I was. The catch was, they didn't really get what I was up to. And two years later, they let me go. They liked the sound of it, but they didn't know how to use it. They didn't know. And anything HR recruitment or whatever, it's not a money-making department. So whenever there's cutbacks in in corporate Mm -hmm. America, it's always going to be in HR, the learning and development, wellness programs, right? And so I I got let go. And here's the... It was the catalyst. It was the trigger of my entire life. I've always felt not good enough. I always felt not worthy. Mm-hmm. And so them letting me go was confirmation of you really are just a horrible person. That's the story in my head, right? Yeah. And so I went into a deep, I went into a deep depression. I was depressed, I was broken, I was disappointed, I was broken hearted. And um I I wanted to do something different this time around rather than just because I started applying for other jobs immediately same title same environment everything and my husband actually said you need to stop 
you need to take a break and figure out what it is that you want to do. And I didn't understand what that meant, right? Because all my life, you just move on to the next, move on to the next, move on to the next, right? So I took eight, eight months to figure this out. And it was not a happy, pretty eight months. It just wasn't. I was miserable to be around. Because again, the stories were just, see, you're not good enough. And what happens is you start opening up the archives and you pull out, oh, in the fifth grade, remember when this happened? Oh, and then the seventh grade, remember when that happened? And then, so all this confirmation bias that I understand now, right? So I hired a coach and um, I did the thing where they say you're not supposed to do. I took my 401k, my savings, everything. I hired this coach and that's what we were living off of for the lot, you know, for those eight months. And then my husband was trying to get, you know, his, his stuff together. And at the end of the eight months, my coach was like, Hey, do you realize that you're no longer like sad? You have a little pep in your step. And I was like, wait, what? And that's what a coach does, right? A coach points things out that you just can't see. Um, so I was so in it, right? And so I don't know when the 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 flip the switch flipped. And she said to me, you know, I don't usually say this to my clients, but you should consider coaching because you really grasp the concepts. And I think you could be out there helping other people. And my initial reaction was like, absolutely not. Want nothing to do with people. I don't like people. I don't want to hear people's problems. Right. And fast forward, rewind back to when I was 18, because I signed up for some wrong courses in in community college. I ended up on the track of becoming a licensed chemical dependency counselor. So I, at one point, was licensed in the state of Texas, helping people recover from drugs, alcohol, um, who were dealing with uh, mental illness. Right. Right. So it wasn't like such a stretch. Right. Because I was helping people and I had to study all the psychology and, you know, all the different, you know, psychotherapies, all of that. So I just figured I I don't want to do that anymore. And so she kind of like led me to this course. I took a course and they give you practice clients. Like people were real, but they're just like, here, you're here, you know, like day one, they're like, here are your five clients. And I'm like, what? Five clients. And so, so, like it just took off. I, I took off and eventually landed on, you know, I've been doing this since 2017 and I eventually landed on imposter syndrome and self-sabotage. But then during the pandemic, like a lot of other people, my anxiety rose to a level that took me out. And what I mean by that is my only way of coping, and I didn't know it at the time, but my only way of coping was I gained weight. I was eating my way through the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And so last year, like, I couldn't walk. Literally, I needed to have, like, I'm, I'm not old. But I literally needed my husband's help to go down steps. And I live in New York City. And you can't be in New York City and can't use your legs. Like, I don't know how the people, right? So we were seeing the chiropractor twice a week. I had all these medical issues, da, 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 da. And they all stemmed from 85 pounds I was carrying, right? So I joined, uh, uh, I got a coach. I got a coach to help with the weight loss. 
And all of a sudden, all these things started making sense to me, like my my 18 year old self, my self-sabotage self, my imposter syndrome self, my coaching, my corporate America, everything just like kind of fell into place. And I started my my coaching practice, I pivoted. And I started helping people who wanted to lose weight, but not from a girl, you got to lose weight, that bikini season is good. It's on a such a deeper level mm. because me carrying around that I'm not good enough was at the core, is at the core. Yes. Of those like, apple pies. I'm like, I'm literally getting goosebumps listening to you talk and tell your story as well from one point of view, because it's like life was like, no, Nando, sorry, this is what you need to go and do. And we're going to push you down that road until you get there and, and find your, your passion and it, what you need to be doing. But also because I think that's why I really fell in love with your content when I stumbled on it was because growing up in the nineties, early noughties, that whole weight loss area of BDN marketing was just so toxic. And for that reason, anything to do with like food and dieting, I have like such a block towards it. When I saw your content and saw how you were approaching it, it like touched an inner part of me that was like, I wish more people came at it from this point of view, because it is about so much more than what you eat. That's just such a simplistic way of looking at it. Because if you don't do that inner work, if you don't take the time to hold the mirror up and get to know all of those other pieces of you inside that are using this as a coping mechanism and trying to understand why and learn to show yourself that self-compassion. It's this constant cycle of crash dieting followed by this binge eating followed by this self-hate. And I think the work that you're doing is really valuable because not only are you helping people reach a personal health goal, but you're also helping them do the work that's going to help repair that relationship that they have with themselves, hopefully much longer term than a diet would. Yeah. And, you know, so I I've dropped 60 of the 85 that I gained. So I'm still on this journey, right? So you're right I'm, there with them as well. Oh, I'm right there with them. And and that was something also that I had to like work, work through because it's like, to be honest with you, I never, you know, just being, you know, being adopted, growing up Mexican in Texas, where you know, at, a, at a time in the 80s, where like, they didn't want us there, you know, <laughs> and, and um, just like all these, it was all internal, it was all internal. And my only way that I, I had was protecting myself was with food. And a lot of people do that. And it's taken me a long time to say food is like my drug of choice. Right. Because yeah. I did not want to say that, right? But here's the thing where the the where I've turned a corner, right? And I'm not going to say like it's I'm done, but I'm just saying I've turned a corner where and this is what I'm helping my clients see. And they love <laughs> they love hearing me say, "Guys, I ate a bag of chips this weekend cuz I was so stressed out." 
And to, because we no longer play the game of guilt, we don't play the, the guilt game anymore. Right. It, it, it doesn't do anything for us, right? They love hearing like, oh my God, like I can be honest with you and tell you that I did that also. So what I, what I discovered not too long ago and with my own coach, because I still have a coach, I've got five coaches, by the way, right? I've got a social media coach, a breakthrough coach, an expansion coach, a business coach, and then my, my health weight loss coach, right? It's proof that it works. If you're doing the work yourself and you're you're still spending your your own income on on signing up to those coaches, that's just I guess great advertisement of just how powerful coaching is and how worth it it is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And my with my coach, I was able to turn another corner. The first corner I turned was I was I was, you know, it early on in my weight loss journey. I've only been doing this since October. Right. Wow. October, okay. I'm October. <laughs> we t- need to take a moment there that you've not only had this amazing, amazing, amazing physical transformation in that amount of time, but also all of the personal work that has fueled that in such a short space of time. That's incredible. Well, and I want to, I want to credit because, because I was, because I am a coach and because I've been doing self-development. So it wasn't like a shortcut. So all that helped in this, right? And that's what my coach kept saying to me. He was like, Nando, you do this work with self-sabotage, apply it to your food, apply it to your, your emotions, apply it to that. And I, and I, and I just resisted it for the longest. Hey, you don't know what you're talking about. It's just a pie. It's just the this. It's just the that, right? Oh, he was so right. He's so right on so many things. It's it's disgusting how right he is. And now that's all our conversations are. And I'm like, you know, th- this is our conversations. Mike, I'm about to say something, but I need you to turn your camera off because I don't want to see you smile. I don't want to <laughs> see you smirk. I don't want to say anything, but you were right. And he is just like, you know, without saying I told you something, Right. But the first thing he was able to help me see was, and this is for anyone, anyone who's listening and who's struggling with, um, you know, weight gain and just that self-esteem that, that we attach to it was, um, called him up about two or three months into, into our coaching. And I said, I'm just not having a good day and I don't understand why. And he said, Oh, it's because it's raining outside. What? And he's like, yeah. Two weeks ago, you called me up saying the exact same thing, and it was raining outside. He's like, you, you got to sit with that and, and figure out what that's about. And I was so upset with him. <laughs> like He doesn't get like I'm talking apples and he's talking, you know, green glasses like what? Right. And I sat with any and, and this is how it works. I get so angry. I get so angry with him because he's like, he's not listening. And I sit here and I'm thinking, I'm thinking and then poof. My aha moment. When I was younger, when I was younger and dealing with being bullied at school, dealing with um, all these things, I would use the excuse like when it would rain because Texans don't know how to drive in the rain. I would, I would kind of like convince my mom to let me stay home from school. And she wouldn't let me a lot, but she would some, some days. And we would just have a love affair. Like she would go out and she'd get, you know, McDonald's and she'd get me a coloring book and just like pure comfort. I was doing that still and not knowing it. 
here as an adult, I couldn't understand why. And it made sense anytime it rains here or anytime there's like bad weather or anything. I just want to snuggle up with like a bunch of junk food and fast food and stuff. And, and it was like, it's the comfort I'm looking for. It's not the actual food. It's the comfort, the safety that I'm loved because I'm carrying around that I'm not lovable. So ah, once I was able to like take take that story apart mm. inside, right? That I was carrying around that I created, that that little five-year-old created. Um, it can rain outside. It can snow. New York City was at the apocalyptic level like just last week and no comfort food for me, right? Because I was able to emotionally and and because I have so much work with self-sabotage, I'm able to help my clients on a faster track, right? Because I'm over here still trying to figure out my stuff. And once I do, it's like, it's this, this, this. And then I relate to the client and the client's like, oh my God, for me, it's not weather. For me, it's X. For me, it's not, you know, rain, it's this. And then I start seeing the weight just starts coming off, right? Hey there, lovely listeners. I am jumping in here in the middle of this episode to share an exciting announcement with you. I am thrilled to announce that our first exclusive self-care workshop for our amazing Patreon members is coming up this month. It's time to prioritize you and join me for a self-care basics workshop. On Sunday, June 18th, we will gather virtually on Zoom for an empowering session on how to choose the right self-care practices for you. This is a question that I get time and time again, so I'm really excited to share my unique self-reflection method that I use to help me choose the right self-care for me when I'm unsure about it. It's called my self-aware self-care method, and I'll be diving into it in this wonderful session, all based around self-compassion and self-discovery. This is a one-hour exclusive workshop where I'll guide you through the power of self-reflective journaling and how it can become the foundation for your self-compassionate self-care practice, which is what we are all about here on Philip Your Cup Pod. As a special benefit for our Patreon members, the workshop will be available for lifetime replay afterwards. So even if you can't make it live or you want to rewatch the session, you won't miss out on any of the incredible insights and the transformative exercises because everything will be available to rewatch on our Patreon feed. So if you want to secure your virtual ticket and gain access to this exclusive workshop, make sure you are a member of our self-care squad or feel good tribe tier over on Patreon before June 18th. Simply visit patreon.com forward slash Laura Jane illustrations for all the details on how to join our Patreon community or check out the details in the show notes as well. Remember, self-care is not a luxury, it is a necessity. So mark your calendars, grab your favorite journal, join me over on Patreon, and let's embark on this self-care journey together. I can't wait to see you there. You've mentioned self-sabotage. I think self-sabotage is something that many of us can probably relate to, but more of us probably don't understand 
what it really is and how it shows up in our lives. So I'd love if you could explain to us a little bit, first of all, what it is on a literal sense, um, and also give us some examples of how self-sabotage can manifest in people's lives. Yeah. So I love talking about it because once people get, oh, right. And not just on a conceptual level, but like it hits them here in the heart, things start to unravel. So when, when I'm talking about self-sabotage, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the, the usual suspects. I'm, th- I'm talking about overthinking, uh, uh, people pleasing. I'm talking about, you know, all the things that once you do the thing, you're like, ah, what procrastination? Why, why do I keep putting myself in these situations? Or why do I keep, you know, creating the perfect um, uh, scenarios to have this relive over and over again, right? Um, self-sabotage in its most simplistic form it's when we have an idea and a belief that contradict each other. So the idea is on a conscious level. So you might say to yourself, I want to save a thousand dollars this month. That's your idea. And it, it sounds good, right? Like, oh, I want to save a thousand, right? And that's on a conscious level. But your subconscious, your subconscious, that's what runs about 90% of your programming has the belief of but you're a loser and you can't accomplish goals and, and our subconscious can be very cruel to us and it's fascinating how we will believe those thoughts right so let's say you're having a bad day at work right and your manager oh i need these copies whatever by 3 p.m and you go to the copy machine and it's not working, right? So you go back and you say, hey, it's not working. And manager's like, doesn't want to hear it. You got to get those copies somehow, right? So now you spend 30 minutes trying to figure out, like, do you go to a different floor? Do you go to a Kinko's? Like, wh- whatever it is, you miss the deadline. And now the manager's yelling at you. But the whole time you're thinking, I got to do this. I got to do this, right? Because you want to please the manager. That's your job, right? To do your your job um but when you but when it's not executed when you fail quote unquote and don't meet the deadline it just rehashes everything so then you go home and you're like i gotta feel better and for some people it's oh there's that leftover pumpkin pie but if you're if you're trying to save money and you're a spender you'll probably go on amazon right like oh this is on sale and oh and that's on sale too the and then you'll spend that thousand bucks that you wanted to save. And so that's where the self-sabotage comes in. It's because we don't get that there's an idea contradict. And then there's a there's a subconscious belief that just lives and roars at us. Right. And it cancels and it cancels it out. And so then we're stuck in the same place. You don't have a thousand. You feel bad. Now you feel guilty. That's your familiar place. You, you're broke. You feel guilty and you feel bad. You got somebody reminding you that that's who you are. That's the world of self-sabotage. It's fascinating to me because it's something that I was introduced really recently to this idea of self-sabotage and also this idea of limiting beliefs. And 
I've been doing a lot of my work on myself for many years, but this is a piece that was missing for a long time that no matter how many goals that I would set or how many vision boards I made or how many good intentions I would have, I would find myself in these places where I was very frustrated with the lack of results that I was getting and being also frustrated that I was the reason I was getting these lack of results. And understanding this subconscious mind part of us and these limiting beliefs that we have is both like it's frustrating in one sense because there's it's a lot of work to get to understanding what they are but it's also liberating in another sense because you can rewrite those narratives with a bit of work and with a bit of self-awareness you can start to catch yourself on those self-sabotaging patterns. And when you do, the progress that you make is tenfold to what it was before because you're not fighting yourself about it anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's awareness, right? It's awareness because we had mentioned this, a lot of us just, that's autopilot. Mm. That's what we're comfortable, that's what we've done in order to do. There's a part of us there's a part of us that always just wants to be sued, just soothes me any way possible. And because it worked once upon a time, we stuck with it. Because why wouldn't you stick with what works, right? So for me, for example, the rain, the bad weather, the comfort, all of that, oh, McDonald's, right? Or, you know, something greasy, something, you know, fast and tasty and sugary. And then for people that are dealing with food stuff, you also have to realize that there's all the stuff that's put into the food that makes you crave it even more. Like the moment you put it in your mouth, it triggers that. And it's like, I need more. Right. right. So the whole concept of you have no willpower, you have to just doesn't work. It doesn't work when there's a chemical response, right? That same chemical response, I promise you is happening when the boss is telling you, you failed again, da 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 da. Your serotonin levels, your oxytocin, all of that, it's all chemical responses. So then you go to Amazon and you go and you look for stuff and then boop. Get that dopamine hit. Yeah, you, you do that, right? And so that's why, right? that's why we're always, you know, uh, in this in- Instagram world, we're always seeing people in their happy moments and stuff. And we think, well, how come my life doesn't look like that? Right. So I try and balance it out. But, you know, I always talk about something that I've struggled with that I got over, but not yet. so people know, <laughs> you know, their struggles. That's why I share with my clients. I did it. I ate a bag of chips. But what I was going to say was my my second pivot moment in inside of, you know, the, the chip eating is it dawned on me a couple of weeks ago. It takes me. It takes me around three to four days to detox. And in those three to four days, whether it's chips and cookies and candies and Slurpees, whatever, all the sugar and all, in those four days, I am the biggest drama queen. I catastrophize all that self-sabotage, being the drama queen, catastrophize, overthink, procrastinate, like all the self-sabotage, they become, and, and they're all in line fighting to see which one I'm going to dedicate time to. And unfortunately, I've gotten so good at it that I give them all equal time, right? So during those four days, 
I am depressed, miserable, cranky. Like I'm starting fights with people that are calling me and right. stuff like clients don't. And it hit me. I don't want that anymore. So for me, when I see that delicious, fluffy, you know, pecan pie or, 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 you know, Subway sandwich or whatever, I can have it as long as I know it's going to be four days because that's what it does to me. Right. That I'm going to think of all my mistakes. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to dramatize. I'm going to catastrophize all of that. And that's exactly what's been happening. So um, I'm having this session with with all my clients because I do a group session as well with all my clients. And I can't wait to share this with them because I know some of them are going to like, oh, my God, that's what I've been doing. And that's what a coach does. So in the moment of, hey, you know, I'm going to go on Amazon, call your coach. Hey, in the moment of I'm at the drive-thru at Taco Bell, call your coach, right? And and talk about what's really there because it's not about the food. It's never been about the food. It's about what's behind emotion driving you to that behavior, right? Yeah. Right. It's really interesting as well that you said that you're like almost coming down period when you are after you've had these sugary foods that you know, mess with the chemicals in your brain that it's like your defenses go up as well. And the psychology behind that is fascinating because on another subconscious level, it's like your behavior is trying to get you back to a place where you're going to fall into those comfort habits again and not make the improvement that you want to. And I think that's a part of self-improvement that a lot of people struggle with is that in the beginning, there's a lot of motivation to work on the goals that we have. But then when we do have those moments where we quote unquote, fall off the wagon and all of that self-sabotaging behavior kicks in, we're so hard on ourselves about the fact that we've failed, that we give up without bringing that level of self-compassion and self-awareness to the fact that this is just a knee-jerk reaction that we are having because there is a part of us that doesn't believe we are worth that goal. We are worth having that thing that we're setting out to. And like, it's the psychology behind that that I find fascinating the more that I understand it, because the more I understand it, the more that I like you see my own patterns in that, like when I have a project that I'm really excited about and I've really wanted to do, all of a sudden I will start to prioritize all of these little tasks that have nothing to do with that project. That will mean that as I'm coming up to the deadline of that project, I'm suddenly behind on the work for it. And that was really frustrating me. And it was my my partner that actually pointed out to me, he was like, why do you find it so difficult to hand these things in on deadline. And I got so angry with him for pointing it out to me. But when I did that reflection, I realized that this was a way of me self-sabotaging. This was a part of me that didn't believe I was worth this thing that I'd been offered. And so subconsciously, I was stopping myself showing up for it. I was almost creating my own failure. Yeah. And and the body has this really sneaky way of, you know, of, you know, some folks like need that extra energy, right? Like a Red Bull right? Well, your body has that sneaky way of creating that. And that's with cortisol. So the folks that procrastinate, those are my cortisol junkies. They need that shot of cortisol, like, oh my God, it's due tomorrow. And then they, and then they get it going, right? 
And that's the cycle that some folks get caught up in, right? My husband is chronically late, chronically late. So you can imagine if he and I have to go and be somewhere at the same time. So we figured we've been together 13 years. So we figured this out seven years ago, or I did. I'm like, I'll see you there because I will not, I will not. His his way of traveling is he's, you know, he, he flies out the door, he runs to the train, he hopes and prays that there's no delays, then he leaves the train station, and then he runs and jets to the location to get there, like, you know, whatever time it is. Meanwhile, I'm like, stressed out, yelling, da 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 So we take different, you know, because he's a cortisol junkie, but... That shot, of, that shot of cortisol for my procrastinator, sometimes that's what it is. And a lot of the times it's just figuring out like, wh- what am I protecting myself from, right? Because it's, you know, I remember when I was doing presentations and I would also wait to the last minute. And for me, it was just, you know, the critiquing myself. It wasn't even handed in and the client's not going to like it. It was my own critique of but if we give ourselves minimal time to work on it, there's no time to linger, right? Because I think we've all had projects where, you know, we see writers and musicians and they, you know, they go and rewrite and they spend hours, you know, critiquing and this sucks and they ball it up and they throw it away. That's what happens. But when you don't give yourself that time frame, you, you we just, ah, here you go. It's done. Yeah, there's so many layers to it, isn't there? That like whatever way your self-sabotage shows up, there's so many layers to it. Because even when you look at that example of like handing in the assignment late and I can like think of so many people that I went to university with that that's the way that they dealt with projects. But it's a lot easier, I guess, to make peace with a failure on a project that you rushed because you left it to the end, then have to face failing something you put a lot of work into. Because there's also that layer as well of our brain going, I'm going to protect you from feeling so bad about this if this goes so wrong. So this is what we're going to do instead. And I think the frustrating thing when you become aware of it is realizing how many times you've done that to yourself and not realized that that's what's happening or how many things that you do that are self-sabotage that you don't see or recognize as self-sabotage, which I think brings me to my next question. I can see that you're itching to even and talk about it as well, is that how do we figure it out? I mean, here on Fill Up Your Cup, I like to always think about inspiration meets implementation. So let's dive into it a little bit because it's so hard to understand what our self-sabotaging patterns are. Where do we begin to recognize them in ourselves when we don't know what they are, but we know that we're doing something to block ourselves? So I think it's important to just just how I had mentioned that it takes me three to four days to detox and come down from, you know, because in the moment I'm inside of all the guilt and shame and you should have known better. All that. What I tell my clients is right after you turn it in or, or in your saying of why did I do this myself? That's not the time to do this work. Right. Give yourself one to two days to detox those thoughts. 
when you're feeling a little bit better, then we start working. So that's number one, right? Give yourself that time because you're not in the right frame of mind. Number two is let's be kind to ourselves. And the reason I say kindness and compassion, because how amazing, how amazing that we have a system that all it wants to do is protect us. That's it. It just wants to protect us. It's not doing it. It's not doing it for any other reason. So we want to approach this from kindness and compassion to really open the doors to allow us in to take a look, right? Right. Otherwise, we we we're stuck in fix it mode or in survival mode, right? So I would say give yourself some time from when the thing occurred so that you can, you know, gain some object objectivity and then throw in some kindness and compassion. And then three, just start asking yourself and go layers in. Um, why? What? Why? You know, why did this occur? Why do I keep doing this? Now, the thing is, our brains were, were um, devised to answer why questions. So you don't want to answer in a sense of, because it's not going to be productive. Why do I do this? Because I'm a loser. Those are not going to get you anywhere, you know, because I'm a loser, because I'm no good, because I'm not talented, because I'm not good. No, 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 no. That's not the why. That's not the why we're looking for. You know, the why we're looking for is like the pizza in the rain. Right. What's the connection? Yes. Yeah keep 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 diving in there right and once you think you've got it go two layers deeper for me it was oh my mom okay but what about that situation oh well i feel like like i'm lucky that when i think of my mom it's like warm hugs and everything well what about that oh because i felt comfort well what did you need comfort for from all the negative from the bullying from the and then why did you need comfort from the bullying because they kept telling me, you know, all these, they, they call me names. And, and then how did that make you feel? Oh, not wanted. Not Ah, there we go. So <laughs> all this is connected. So you want to ask those questions that are going to get you there. And this is where a lot of the times, you know, you do need an outside, you know, help. You do need assistance. You know, like for you, you said it was your partner, you know, a mentor, someone that you care, someone that you trust, a partner, uh, a mentor, a coach, just someone, right? Because as humans, we are designed to travel in pack. We just were designed that way. So you got to realize that we're going against nature, against design when we isolate ourselves, right? But we're isolate ourselves as part of the self-sabotage, self-isolating, right? So it's protection as well, isn't it? Like you've said, it's like everything we do, it's to protect ourselves. And there's like this wall that's up that our brain is going to keep fighting to keep up the more that we try to, to peel it down. And here's here two things, right? Two things. Once you once you flip that switch, uh, all this is because of protection. It helps be kind and it helps with the self-compassion. So that's number one. Number two, I actually have this um, this free podcast or this free um, audible that I did. And it's called, they're called lofty questions, 
right? And, and because the brain is set up to answer why questions, right? So if you do ask it, you know, why was I late this morning? Your brain's going to come up with all these different things, right? But the way to hack into that part of our brain is ask it better questions, right? So if you say to yourself, so I, it, it's literally like a two minute audible. Will you send me the link? Cause we can leave that in the show notes for our listeners. I think they would love that. So what it is, is basically you just put it on when you go for a walk or when you're, you're, you're feeling low or whatever it is. And it's basically, why do I always know what to do in every situation? Why am I always attracted to the most positive people? Why, why are things always working out for me? So the brain, number one, like it's a jolt of like, wait a minute, we haven't been asked these questions before, but then it does what it does and it starts looking for the answers. So when, when you ask, you know, why am I always so happy? Oh, it's because you're eating healthy or you're doing it like your brain's going to come up with answers. I think my favorite example of that that I read in, um, I think it was the the Gratitude Diaries by Janice Kaplan, incredible book where she did a personal year of reflecting daily on gratitude while simultaneously doing research on the positive impacts of gratitude. And one of the amazing examples that she gives in the book about how our brain collects evidence to support what we already believe is that Friday the 13th effect in that if we know there's a Friday the 13th coming up because there's such a societal idea about it being a day of bad luck, we're going to notice all of the small things that go wrong because we're looking for the evidence to back that up. But then how many times has a Friday the 13th just happened without you realizing that it was a Friday and the 13th and you didn't notice any bad luck? And and that's like how the brain works. It's going to show you evidence of what you already believe. And so I love that idea of hacking into that by looking for evidence of all of the the good things that you do, all of the things that you're good at, all of the ways that you support yourself in this really positive, loving way as like this, this backdoor into this side of our mind that we're not always aware of. Yeah. And keep in mind, it's not a, oh, I listened to it once and my life did not change. It's a, I listened to it three times a day. I listened to it seven times a week. I listened to it 30 days out of the month, I, right? So you've got to create a practice. You've got to create, like you know, the author you were talking about, 365 days of reflection. You know, girlfriend had a change or she noticed the change not after day one or after week one or after one month, right? So it's it's another thing to just try it. Oh, it didn't work. It's not an ask, right? It's a practice. So I would say for this, for this Audible, listen to it. Listen to it daily, uh, listen to it multiple times a day, and just let your brain start doing its work. Right. Because I mean, that's the other thing I think about this self-sabotage and these limiting beliefs is that they are deeply rooted in there for years. We have been laying the groundwork for these limiting beliefs since our childhood. Many of them, it's coming from our inner child. And so we can't have this idea like, okay, now I want to overcome my self-sabotaging or I've seen one of my patterns and then expect that it's going to just fix itself. And we're never going to repeat that process again. Cause we have years of unlearning to work on. Uh, there's a whole practice and it's called IFS and it's internal family systems created by Dr. Richard Schwartz. 
And he basically talks about how we just have all these different parts, right? Right. And the extreme, the extreme is what we call um, disassociative identity disorder, or once upon a time, it's called multiple personality disorder. That's the extreme version. But everyone on the planet right now walking around has different parts to them. And if you think about it, it's like, you know, when you get triggered and your anger comes out, or when you see a puppy and you're like, oh my God, that part comes out and they all live in the head. They're all here. They're all there with us. The thing to do is start to get to know them. And they're each doing a job. They're each doing a function because it's the same behavior that comes out every single time. So for me, when I get stressed out or whatever, it's that same, let me go, let me go eat with comfort. That's a part of me. My, my anxious part, you know, that's a different part of me. And so I personally have been doing IFS for about four months for about four months. And now I'm doing it with my clients so that they can discover because the whole idea is, has been, you're, you're just one person, you're one mind. And so, and it explains why, like, so when some people are meditating, there's so many thoughts happening and they're like, Oh, I'm not a good meditator. Cause I can't quiet my mind. His theory is you don't quiet your mind. You just appreciate them and you get to know all the different parts so that you can start collaborating with them. Right. right. Yeah. I love the the IFS theory as well and, and all of the work that he's done on that. I haven't read a lot on it, but I've, you know, I read a little bit. I've heard other people talk about it. I think what I love about that theory and that a way of approaching it as well is there's so much self-compassion in it because it's not about looking in and going like my anxious self is out to get me. Instead, it's about going, okay, well, there is this part of me that comes out at certain times and let me try and understand what's activating that part of me to want to come out and protect me or to want to come out and make me run away from this situation. And I think that it really supports that come at this with self-compassion and not self-judgment because a lot of the time we're running on the self-judgment thing. And the, the difference is when you come at it with self-compassion, you can see all of these things that you do that are not helping you, but almost approach it like you would a friend who you see has things that they're struggling with and flaws that they have, but go, okay, let's, let's work on this together as well. So I love working with people and, and artistic creative folks, right? I love working with them because they get to experience, you know, when we're in this, I'm not good enough. When they're in this self-sabotage mode, they don't get to experience a certain side of themselves that often. It's like, a, it's like, oh, it happened by accident, right? Like, oh, I had a good day. I don't know how. And, and if we discover these these ways that we can just recognize the self-sabotage notice i didn't even say stop it but just recognize it and then know that you have options you have choices right then maybe on a tuesday you'll choose this way and then on a wednesday you'll choose the other way so that you, you can you know you can you, you can start building up the roster of better days you become the dominant force rather than oh all these the boss and the copier machine and the you know the weather and all. no 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 no. all that's always going to be around right how do how do we have you 
be the dominant force, right? That's that's the brilliant part. We've talked about like recognizing the self-sabotage and kind of what to do after as well. But I would love to know as well what your tips would be for someone who in the moment you recognize the self-sabotaging behavior, what are some practical ways that we can support ourselves with self-compassion to start to undo that spiral of shame and guilt that we fall into when we are doing this work and recognizing our own patterns to use them to help us move forward rather than to move back into the, the patterns, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say everybody needs CPR. And what that stands for is you need three people in your life, right? Three people, you need more, but at least three people, one of them is going to cheer you on. One of them is going to push you and another one is going to keep it real. So that's the CPR team. You need a CPR team, right? And you need, this, these need to be three different people because, as you know, folks get busy, folks aren't available. So in the moment of you recognizing a self-sabotaging pattern or behavior, you call one of your three people up, right? So the cheer person is probably going to say like, oh, my God, I'm so like you caught it. Like I'm so right. They're just, they're just your cheerful person, right? The pusher is going to say, hey, OK, girl, this is the third time that you've done this, what are we going to do about it? Right. And so you, you actually have somebody that's going to be in it with you. And then the person that keeps it real and, and is able to like help you work through some stuff out. Right. So the thing to do is have, you know, have in mind who these three people are going to be and have a conversation with them and, and ask them, you know, request, Hey, heard this concept of everybody in the CPR team. I would love for you to be my, you know, the person that pushes me. This is what it entails. Yes or no right? Because you want to let them know that this is what they're doing, right? And then you want to be on somebody else's CPR team too, right? Because you also want to reciprocate. I love that idea of like having an emergency yeah. almost kit. Like these are your, your first aid kit for this self-sabotaging moment that you get that outside perspective. Because I think the other amazing thing about that outside perspective, and that's also the whole reason that coaching works is that it gives your brain the evidence that you need to start to rewrite these narratives. Because as we've already said, our brain's going to look for evidence when we have these people in our lives who can go, okay, you know, it's not the end of the world. What are we going to do next? That's all feeding into this new evidence that we need to rewrite all of these shameful narratives that we have built up over years. In having the CPR team, it also lets you know you're not alone. You're not the only one that does this. And that's my main point. You we're not we're not the only I'm not the only one that struggles with pizza and you know gained weight during the pandemic. So once once I'm able to like, oh, okay, got, got it, then it makes the load less heavy. Thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you've shared with us and all of the practical tips as well. Um, I always like to finish up by asking my guests the same question. Obviously, this is Fill Up Your Cup podcast. So I always love to know what my guests are doing to fill into their own cups and keep their self-care practices topped up and their lives filled with joy and building their own life that feels good. So what are you doing at the moment to keep your cup topped up, Nando? So for me, it's 
like staying at a high vibration, right? And so how I do that is I just discovered I'm late to the game. So I apologize. I'm late to the party, but Smart List Podcast with Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, and Jason Bateman, they have a podcast. I haven't discovered that one yet. So thanks for the recommendation. Oh my God. So I became, not only did I become a instant fan and I needed them at that time. You know how I was telling you that I was going through the, those days. I would put on an episode of their podcast and the banter between the three of them is phenomenal. I also became uh, a face group member of their unauthorized fan club, right? Of it, it, The podcast is called Smart List, but the fan club is called Smarties, right? And so the last few weeks, I've been contributing so much. Talk about those dopamine hits. I've been contributing so much. I just earned the top contributor badge and I have like, you know, conversation starter badge and because like, I, I love those guys. So they keep me, I, they keep me high vibe, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think podcasts are contributing so much to people. I mean, I personally love Gabby Bernstein. Like when I have low vibrations, just listening to her talk, it just, it helps me like get back up there because she's got that perfect balance of like inspiration meets, okay, it's time to get real and and, and be real with yourself and do the work. And that's what I need. It's not always the coddling. I need a little bit of like that tough love as well. I think that's why I love it. So Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for everything that you've shared with us today. Do you have any final tips or words of encouragement for our listeners who might be struggling with self-sabotage at the moment or at the start of their personal development journey? Be kind to yourself. Know that whatever it is that you're actually doing, it's in the form of some type of protection. And um, how awesome is that? You might not like the outcome, but you know, it's that's on autopilot. We're going to protect you no matter what, right? So yeah, just have some compassion, start your journey and uh, keep keep listening to podcasts like these. Where can our listeners find you online? Do you have any upcoming projects or offerings that you'd like to highlight that, highlight that they can look out for? What are your handles? What are your links? Yeah, so the best way is Instagram or TikTok and it's all at Nandoism. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Nandoism, just hit me up. Let me know that you listen to this. Uh, we'll start a conversation. Amazing. Thank you so much. I've had such an amazing time talking to you. I feel so inspired leaving this and also just really excited to continue doing the work on myself and getting to the root of all of my self-sabotaging. So thank you so much, Nando. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at fillupyourcuppod. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good for you.